0: Today is Monday, February the 20th, 2023, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. On today's show, how sweet it is on opening weekend as South Carolina takes all three games at Founders Park from UMass Lowell. Guys, I'll break down the series in its entirety. We'll talk key takeaways. We'll hand out the Oot-Oot Series MVP Award. Also talk slap of the weekend, who's hot, who's not, and what's next for Gamecocks baseball as well. Also, the Courtcocks get it done on the road, picking up their third SEC win on the season, taking down the LSU Tigers by a final score of 82-73. to Guys, I'll give you all my full takeaways. We'll name our player of the game and talk what's next for Lamont Paris' squad as well. Well, we got a packed show for you here on this Monday. And of course, as always, it's brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go down the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. Here's how it works. You pick two to six players, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry guys. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entries. For example, you can take the over on LeBron, partly with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, anything and everything you can think of. They've got it over at Price Picks. They've got a slick, easy-to-use mobile app both on the App Store and Google Play, and they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Price Picks, and you should as well. So again, go down the Prize Picks app or go to prizepix.com, and when you do, use that promo code.
1: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. You need Indeed.
0: T-S-U-S to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Let's get it. the sound of the yard bats and what took place over the weekend don't look now i think the game Cox just scored another run against the umass lowell pitching staff ladies and gentlemen boys and girls happy monday hope you're all doing well chris phillips your host of the spurs up show as always and we have got a packed show for you here on this Victory Monday, right? All sports winning across the board. It truly feels good to be good here on this Monday. And again, guys, I appreciate you all tuning in. I hope this show does find you well. No matter where you are, what you're doing, hope you had a fantastic weekend. And again, we have got a lot to get into. It was a beautiful weekend for baseball over the weekend, and we're going to go ahead and dive right into it as South Carolina takes care of business against UMass Lowell sweeping the season opening series by finals of 20 to 3 on Friday, 17 to 1 on Saturday and 12 to 1 yesterday afternoon. And guys, when you talk key takeaways I've got one word written down, and I promise that as we go throughout this season and we dive into the rivalry series and we dive into SEC play, my key takeaways are going to be much, much more extensive. But the key takeaway from this past weekend, I've got one word here, dominance. That's it. I mean, in every single phase of the game, pitching, hitting, fielding, which I think did not get talked about enough, just how good you were defensively. I really don't know, guys, that you could have drawn up A better opening weekend for South kind of baseball. And let's go ahead and get this out of the way, by the way, because I understand that it's UMass Lowell. And you take a look at the competition, right? It's only going to get better. It's only going to get better when you get an SEC play. UMass Lowell pitching, for example, is not SEC pitching. And just because you scored 49 runs in three games against the Riverhawks, that does not guarantee that all of a sudden you're going to have the best offense in all of college baseball. or You're going to hit 400 as a ball club. But as we talked about all preseason long, And we talked extensively last Thursday in our series preview just how important it was not just to win, but have a loud weekend after the struggles of last year, especially swinging the stick. So I think you really do, while it's not a guarantee, right? You can't really draw conclusions in the sense of saying, well, you know, this is going to be the norm every weekend. We're going to score 20 runs in game ones. We're going to, you know, we're going to average double digit runs. We're going to hit 400 as a ball club you've really got to tip your cap and say a job well done, right? You took care of business the right way. You're not drawing conclusions from this weekend necessarily. But again, after those struggles of last year, especially swinging the stick, it was great to see the Gamecocks get hot early and to stay hot all weekend long. And again, you look at the guys who had major impact. So many dudes had massive weekends. Braylon Wimmer, Talmadge LeCroy. How about the newcomers, Caleb Denny, Will McGillis, Gavin Cassis, a lot of your new transfers that are in the lineup, Ethan Petrie even, the youngster who went three for six and had a home run. The long ball was also prevalent at Founders Park as well. Double-digit home runs. I mean, there were so many positives that you can look at and that you can draw from what you did of the weekend against UMass Lowell. Again, I know the pitching is what it is. You're not going to see the arms the Riverhawks featured on a weekend-in, weekend-out basis, but you took care of business, and you didn't mess around, right? You put your foot on their throat, and you did what you were supposed to do against UMass Lowell. Low. I mean, we talked all preseason about Braylon Wimmer, him being a leader for this ball club offensively. I mean, you look at what he did, two home runs, eight RBI, hit 667 over the weekend. You know, Mark Kingston had talked a lot about the jump from the freshman to sophomore campaigns. For a guy like Talmadge Lecroy, all he does is hit 600 on the weekend. Uh, three RBI for him was very, very good for you. Carson Hornung as well. Uh, nobody could get him out, hit 429 on the weekend for you. Again, you just keep going down the list of these dudes. An absolutely fantastic job. And again, the numbers really do speak for themselves. How about that pitching staff, by the way? You know, I thought overall, and of course, that's going to be the strength of this ball club. The bullpen was absolutely fantastic for you. They were shut down. And think about this, guys. You didn't even see some of your best arms. Guys like Matthew Becker and Eli Jerzenbeck, those guys did not even pitch over the weekend. I thought with your starting rotation, First off, Jack Mahoney was incredible uh, on Sunday afternoon. Great to see him come back, a career-high nine strikeouts. I thought Noah Hall was solid. And then Will Sanders, you look at him on Friday, you know, guys, I think Will will be better, not to say that he was bad by any stretch, but, uh, you know, I think you saw was a little bit of the case of the nerves, if you will, you know, starting on opening day. And uh, also, you know, he did not pitch in the fall. Mark Kingston citing that maybe he's a little bit behind some of the other guys. But I think you will see over the coming weeks, Will Sanders come into form, be the Will Sanders that we all know would love and be that dominant Friday guy for you. So I don't worry about his performance at all. I mean, again, we're really nitpicking and splitting hairs here. But uh, I think a lot of what Will Sanders, what you saw from him on Friday, you know, a lot of three-two counts, a lot of, uh, you know, falling behind hitters, if you will. I think he will be sharper. I think he will be more crisp in regards to location because the stuff was absolutely fantastic. But, again, I think the emotions running, pitching on opening day. And I think that is, you know, we've talked a lot about Will Sanders and the pitching staff. I think for Will to take the next step, it's all mental because he's got the stuff, right? I mean, he's got an electric fastball, wipe out breaking stuff to change up his plus. I mean, there's a reason he's projected to the first rounder. So continuing to come into his own and be that leader and be, you know, everything that comes with being the Friday night guy, right? Taking that, it will, you know, running with that, if you will. And I think he will do that. I do think Will Sanders um, over the coming weeks, like I said, as he continues to get acclimated or continues to get back to to pitching every single Friday, I think that. That's going to be something that takes care of itself. So all in all, the pitching was fantastic. We already mentioned the defense all around, guys. You truly could not have scripted a better opening weekend for the Gamecocks. And you take care of business the way you were supposed to. And I, and I don't think we should take that for granted. Again, this weekend does not all of a sudden mean that you're an, you're an Omaha caliber ball club. And But I tell you this, you look across college baseball, there were some other teams. That struggled. There were other teams that didn't sweep. There were other teams that, hey, did not even win series. And I'm not talking about teams that played in in tournaments or played against elite competition. I'm talking about the upsets that took place across college baseball. We see them every single year, and uh, you know, so South Carolina. When you go into a weekend and you take care of business the way the Ardcocks did, and to see them get hot again, stay hot early and often was truly a great thing to see. And again, you could not have scripted a better start of the season. When you look at what pitching did, what fielding, you score a record 49 runs in a three-game series. That is a Founders Park series record, if you will. So uh, a fantastic job all the way around, really complete baseball and something you love to see for this team to come out sharp. And you really didn't see any signs of of rust for the most part. I thought a team that attacked it the right way and and um, you know did not let their foot off the gas pedal at really any point throughout the entire weekend. When you look at the Ooh Ooh Series MVP Award, you know, and I'll tell you this, I had a right mind to name this the Cock Commander MVP Award, throwing it back to football season just to piss people off on Facebook. Because if you guys, you might recall, the comments on Facebook would just be absolutely insane. But I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. We're sticking with what we did last year, the Ooh OOT Series MVP Award. It goes to none other than Braylon Wimmer. Eight for 12 on the weekend, hit 667. Two home runs, eight RBI. I mean, he was on fire all weekend. But one of the biggest reasons I'm giving this award to Braylon Wimmer also, guys, what he did In the field, you know, again, that was one of the biggest storylines of the preseason was how would Braylon Wimmer, you know, acclimate to to shortstop, and we had heard great things, right? But there was also some, uh, there was some chatter from some fans regarding, you know, why is Michael Braswell being benched? Why would you slide Braylon Wimmer from second to shortstop? And I think you saw over the weekend just why. Wimmer was absolutely fantastic. We all knew about his range, but I thought he was very efficient. Uh, the glove work was great. and You know, zero errors on the weekend. That really made him stand out because a lot of guys could have gotten this series MVP award. But when you look at what Wimmer did, the entire body of work, it's got to go to him. So again, our ooh, ooh series MVP award goes to Braylon Wimmer. Let's move into our slapdick of the weekend. And this one was sort of tough because on all sides, on the Gamecocks front, if you will, uh, great job by all parties involved. There were not a whole lot of slapdicks that emerged over the weekend. And I guess when South Carolina is winning, the slapdicks or the Carolina slapdick community, if you will, they don't have a whole lot to say. But uh, anyways, the slapdicks of the weekend is sucks acting like they won the College World Series because they swept... Binghamton, and I'm not sure if you guys saw these highlights. You know, we follow College Baseball Central and 11.7 and D1 and all the baseball accounts, all the college baseball accounts, if you will. And and I was just sitting there, and I understand the Tigers have a new coach, but I'm just sitting there reading some of the some of the tweets out there, and I'm seeing some of the reactions, and I'm like, was Clemson supposed to lose to Binghamton? I, I mean, when they clinched the series, you would have thought they you know they, they 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 just they just clinched their berth to Omaha. I mean, I know they've got that stitch on their hats, and they don't go all, they don't go there all that much. But I mean, I, I was just very confused. I did not understand it. I don't know if Backage, if that's going to be his thing that they just play with an insane amount. And I think almost a silly amount of emotion. But either way, and then you saw some of these accounts too, just acting like Clem sucks. They're two and zero under Eric Backage. It's like Binghampton plays in the same conference. That UMass Lowell plays in, who the Gamecocks just throttled for three straight games. So, anyways, I, either way, uh, you know, great job by all Gamecocks this weekend. Nobody in the Gamecock community, nobody in the series even was slap big of the weekend. But the Clem Sucks folks and the Clem Sucks baseball team as a whole acting like they won the College World Series because they, they beat Mighty Binghampton, who is literally in the same conference as UMass Lowell. I don't know. Just thought that was a little bit of an interesting look. Either way, let's move into who's hot. Who's Not, and if you're not familiar, we do this after every single weekend series. And, of course, everybody wants to be in the Who's Hot category. Nobody wants to be in the Who's Not category, but it's just part of the show. So just bear with me either way, whether you love it, you hate it. Let's start with Who's Hot, and there's so many hitters to choose from that I'm not going to choose a single hitter. I'm going to go with the Yardcox bullpen, and the job they did on opening weekend, 12 innings pitched, two hits two runs, two earned, two walks, and 13 strikeouts. And those numbers, guys, could have been even better if not for a blunder in the outfield to close out Game 3 of the series. Either way, though, the Gamecocks' bullpen... Was absolutely electric, guys. Of course, Mark Kingston and company talked about it all preseason long. We talked about it all preseason long, just how the depth in this bullpen and how the depth in this pitching staff is truly something that stands out and separates them, and it's an embarrassment of riches in regards to quality arms out of your bullpen. You saw that all weekend long, the way you were able to shut down UMass Lowell hitters, so a fantastic job by the Yardcocks relievers. Let's move into who's not. And we got to pick on him. Dylan Brewer, the Sucks transfer, went 0-8 for 8 on the weekend, four strikeouts, and he did indeed have the aforementioned blunder to lose the shutout in Game 3. And I think it's – just to be transparent, guys, I think it's going to be a really interesting battle in the outfield and how it shakes out because I, I don't think that Mark Kingston, all of a sudden, although he did get benched in Game 3 of the series, you know, I don't think all of a sudden – Mark Kingston and company are just going to completely mail it in on Dylan Brewer. But uh, you know, it's one of those things you have depth, right? You have something you didn't have last year, which is depth. You've got other quality options. I mean, you've got guys like Braswell and Madden and Petrie and, and all these other guys, v if you will, that are all sitting on the bench that uh, they're going to get opportunities. And whoever hits the best, they're going to take weekend in, weekend out. It's going to be your best nine sticks, in the lineup. So I think Dylan Brewer is going to get some more opportunities, but if the bat does not come around soon, you've just got too many other quality options to sit back and, and give a guy 30, 40 games, right. To figure it out, because this is not the MLB where you play one sixty-two. you got 56 games and you got to put the hot guys in there. You got to put guys that are going to get hot and stay hot for you immediately. So it'll be interesting to see how Dylan Brewer's season plays out and, you know, if he can turn it around, but a tough opening weekend, 0 for 8, 4 Ks. And again, giving up the shutout in the field defensively in the final game of the series. You can take a look at what's next for South Carolina baseball. They've got two in the midweek this week, returning um, to kind of the older style of scheduling, right? We haven't seen this over the last couple of years because of COVID, because of uh, travel, if you will, for some of these teams. But really, really exciting stuff. Eight games in the first 10 days of the season. You've got the day off today. Then tomorrow, South Carolina Baseball will return to action against Winthrop at Founders Park. That is a 4 o'clock first pitch. And then on Wednesday against Queens, which I think this is actually Queens's first season at the D1 level. Really interesting. Anyways, you take on Queens Wednesday at Founders as well. Four o'clock first pitch. So a pair of four o'clock first pitches. uh, A little bit of a different, the way we're doing things, guys, a little bit different this year. We're not going to be doing as extensive of midweek game previews. Uh, Obviously, with the podcast dropping on Monday and on Thursday, we'll talk about these midweek games on Thursday and more so look ahead of the weekend, each weekend series, but uh, not really going to do the extensive previews the extensive game previews to the midweek, just kind of looking at the schedule and, and looking at how we do things. You know, we've got the daily crow. We'll talk about these games on TDC, especially when South kind takes on the likes of Charlotte and North Carolina, and you've got some bigger midweek games that'll be upcoming, but, uh, You know, just to be honest, kind of feel like it's overkill, right? Nobody really Unfortunately, nobody really cares about the midweek or thinks much of it. But uh, it'll be interesting to see because the midweek was such an issue for the Gamecocks last year. So I do think it's got massive importance. I would expect to see a guy like Eli Jerzenbeck get the start tomorrow. Would not be surprised if James Hicks was your starter on Wednesday. So again, it'll be a lot of fun, really exciting. Tons of baseball content bleeding out of the eyeballs, which we obviously love on this side of things, that's going to do it, guys. For my breakdown of the UMass Lowell series, Gamecocks get the sweep and sit at three and zero after the first weekend of the season. Let's move from the diamond to the hardwood, and South Carolina won a game and get this: the Courtcocks have won two of their last three ball games. Don't let the cocks get hot. Spoiler alert. It's too late. South Carolina takes down the Bayou Bengals by a final score of 82-73. to 73. And, guys, really my biggest takeaway is this. If you're still watching, God bless you, right? So my biggest takeaway is that this team has not quit yet, which you know what? I think you have to applaud Lamont Parish. You've got to applaud this coaching staff, what they're doing, because that might sound like a no-duh, of course they haven't, type of thing. But after what we saw against Vanderbilt on Tuesday night, and, you know, G.G. Jackson has his sights mo- most likely set on the draft and everything he's got going on. And You kind of don't know where the mentality is from some other guys. And you got a first year head coach to see this team go out. And it looks like they're going to finish the season the right way. And also South Carolina basically with that victory solidifies that they're not going to finish last in the SEC, which is where everyone had you picked. And again, I understand the bar is in hell. I completely get that. But the fact that you're most likely not going to finish in last, well, that is a victory in itself for South of basketball in year one of Lamont-Paris. So my biggest takeaway, the team has not quit, which you absolutely love to see. Uh, obviously, things will get really, really tough this week, which we'll talk about in just a second. But all in all, you go into Baton Rouge as an underdog, by the way, and I picked you to lose the game And you snatch victory from the Tigers. You get the job done. You get to double-digit overall wins on the season, by the way. And you get your third SEC win of this season. Job well done. When you look at the player of the game, Michi Johnson, 20 points, three rebounds, six assists. We also do, we need to mention... The performance of G.G. Jackson, who had played limited minutes over the last two games. We're thinking to ourselves, you know, people saying this team's better without G.G. Jackson on the floor. We're better without him. Uh, Yeah, G.G. has 20 points, eight rebounds, one assist on the game, and uh, his presence was obviously huge. Made four three-pointers. South Carolina's a team, by the way, 15 three-pointers made in the ballgame. You make that many three-pointers, you're going to have a lot of Success. It was great to see Gigi Jackson hit his stride once again. Also, how about Jacoby Wright? 18 points on the day. Hayden Brown was 16 points, right? Lamont Paris talked about when Hayden and Michi and Gigi all play well, you got a great chance to win, and then you throw in Jacoby Wright. Hey, that's a great recipe for success. So a lot of guys getting hot on the day. A lot of guys playing well. Michi Johnson, again, leading the way with 26-3. and in the game when you look at what's next for the court right you start to feel a little bit good hey we have won two of our last three maybe we're hitting our stride oh oh the alabama crimson tide will come to town wednesday this wednesday february the 2nd a nine o'clock tip-off on espn2 at the colonial life arena so you can look at it a couple of ways right you can look at it as hey What a great opportunity on national TV to get a big upset, right? To put together a a quality performance, if you will, against one of college basketball's best. Or you can look at it like probably most of us will and say, oh, dear God, hang on for dear life. You look at what Alabama did over the weekend. They beat the Georgia Bulldogs, who Georgia beat South Carolina. Alabama beat Georgia by a final score of 108-59. to Folks, Alabama is really, really good. I don't know how the Crimson Tide are so good in basketball, but they are sitting at 23 and four and 13 and one in SEC play. So, certainly going to take a Herculean effort to take down the Crimson Tide. But hey, you never know. Crazier things have happened at Colonial Life Arena. Guys, that's going to do it for me. I appreciate you all tuning in. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the basketball, victory, baseball, getting the sweep. We are just getting started, really, with the spring sports. Of course, baseball is back. Feels so good. Content bleeding out of the eyeballs. And by the way, stay tuned for everything from us. This could be a monumental week in the history of the Spurs Up show as we await some news uh, to come in on our end. So again, guys, really, really excited for what's going on. We've got the TSUS Tour that is upcoming next month. Spring football is around the corner. It's an awesome time. Great time to be alive. And again, I appreciate you all, guys. I'm so grateful for your continued love and support. You guys continuing to interact with the content, with all the baseball content. I truly do appreciate you all. Going to be a fantastic week on the Daily Crow this week with the podcast and everything in between. Guys, thank you all so much. Appreciate you all tuning in. Have a great rest of your Monday. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast.